Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Archery Country Podcast. This is your host, Big Wade, as we are bow fishing 101 today with some of the experts in the industry. Two guys that I got uh, coaxed to come on down from the Alexandria area. Not only are they awesome tournament fishermen, but they're also uh, engineers slash inventors of some awesome products. And we will be talking about AeroSaver, uh, the company that they run and set up. So we have Monty Moudston. And also Wayne Clausen, how are you guys doing today? Doing We're fantastic. Doing That's great. Good. I appreciate you driving down in the wind. <laughs> when did, was it at your ass or in the front? I think it was behind us. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you got good gas mileage, which is important this day and age. You yeah, know? exactly. So guys, we did last year we did a podcast on bow fishing, basically bow fishing 101 from everything ground zero to up. But today we're going to go on the expert level of things, coming from two guys that are very avid outdoorsmen. But also when we talk bow fishing, Wayne, you've done it for a long time. And Monty yeah. as well. You guys have fished a ton of tournaments, been very successful. And then you came up with a an item that uh, I would say has kind of revolutionized the way. Bes- and we're going to get into what it is exactly. But it, it's something that's super cool and we want to talk about. But before we do that, if you wouldn't mind giving me just a little background so our viewers know you a little bit better. Your outdoor passion, you grew up, where you, you know where you're from, what you do now. Uh, just give us a little lowdown. Monty, we'll start with you, if you don't mind. I was brought up in a hunting family and uh, fishing and whatever. That was uh, what we did. Uh, dad and grandfather, whatever, through the years. Uh, big waterfall. Um, a lot of fishing, deer hunting. Uh, great way to grow up. Spending time outdoors with your family. It was a good time. Um, later on, uh, ended up... Uh, getting a job in Alexandria, staying around the area, um, building packaging equipment up there. And uh, I use that as kind of uh, um, probably the engineering ed- end of uh, getting into trying my own business here and, and creating AeroSavers. So. I love it. And you're still, still very active when it comes to the outdoors. Uh, you guys are actually leaving. Are both of you going on a snow goose hunt next week? Yep. Yep, we gotcha. are. You guys hunt a bunch together? Hunt and fi- obviously fish together because we'll talk tournaments in a bit. But yeah. some pheasant hunting, uh, bow fishing, uh, snow geese, a little right bit on. of duck hunting, and coyotes. And oh, a coyotes. lot of coyotes. Yep. <laughs> Pest control. Oh yeah. Wayne, where where are you from? Give us a little uh, background. I'm, I'm from Alexandria, and uh, I guess my background, same thing. Just grew up with a, a lot of hunting and fishing, and uh, pretty much if if uh, I'll, I'll hunt anything that moves for the most part. So uh, just enjoy it all with, with anything from ducks and geese to deer, turkey, and, and just really love archery hunting especially. That's probably my absolute favorite. Um, yeah, just just grew up doing a lot of it and really got converted from a, a walleye fisherman to a carp fisherman here several years back. So just <laughs> That's uh, kind of got, a big change. Got, got introduced to it, and if you'd have told me uh, I'd rather be out shooting carp than catching walleyes, I would have never believed it, but... Uh, but yeah, just fell in love with the sport and been doing it uh, ever since. I got to ask you guys, what is the uh, what is the attraction? What is the big what's the big draw to bow fishing? Is it is it because you're taking hunting and fishing and marrying the two, or what do you think in your mind? Like what what brought you guys to it? 
I think for me that that's what it is. It, it's a combination of you're, you're hunting for fish in a sense. Uh, you know, cruising along, you never know when that next moment's going to be where all of a sudden you see that that big carp that that's laying there. And that's that's for for me. I guess I like shooting big carp. I like going for that more than shooting numbers of small fish. Uh, it's just more the excitement of, uh, kind of like having that big buck walk around the corner when you're on stand, uh, to see that great big carp down there. It's, uh, it, it adds excitement for me. Monty, same thing. Yeah. I, uh, uh, Wayne got me into this. I uh, I had never so been it's his fault. Yes. His fault. I <laughs> exactly. <got you. laughs> so he got me into it. I think it was 14 years ago, and uh, you you never know what you're gonna find. I too like big carp. Um, a because they're big carp, and B the small ones are harder to hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and and uh, when a lot of people go to bed, we get to go out and play, and uh, the lake's pretty quiet for the most part, and it's it's enjoyable you see a lot of great stuff at night come around the corner and there might be deer standing on the shoreline or raccoons or whatever beavers swimming under the boat and i think that's a big thing you know as as far as guys your local coffee shop talk or up there christopherson's you know guys are saying wow walleye numbers are down or the bass or sunnies or that and i say bull honky you take one night out on the boat with lights at night fishing it's amazing the life of the lake like you get to see i mean and don't get me wrong we've gone through some droughts we've gone where lakes have been up four feet you know so things get a little bit different but it's just the uh not you know not only the above water species but underwater which is you know i know where the state record snapping turtle is you know what i mean it's just things that you don't you don't experience the everyday fisherman or hunter um Let's talk, we talked a little bit off air of like the changes in bow fishing. Uh, Wayne, you, you started, you know, way before Monty and I started, but, you know, kind of take us through that back when it was just one boat and, and the kind of the story you shared earlier. All right. Well, I can do that. I, I started back when nighttime bow fishing wasn't a thing. Uh, you could only go during the daytime. And uh, I guess I can go back to my, my first experience with it. Uh, I, I went out and I, I had shot a lot of archery, you know, for, for deer hunting. And so I got invited along with a, a friend of mine to go bow fishing and to try it. And I thought, well, I can shoot bow with the best of them. So, yeah, why not? And that day, I think we shot a barrel of fish. And I used the, the we term uh, loosely because I think I shot two fish that first time out. And I was so frustrated, but I was so hooked. Right. And uh, anyway, I, since then, it, it's, uh, it, it just, I got hooked on it. Got, obviously, once you do it more, you get a better shot and uh, makes it a lot more fun. And so anyway, when they, when they introduced the nighttime bow fishing, it, it was a game changer. Uh, during the daylight, you, you kind of need to have it calm and you need to have a sunny day. If it's cloudy, it doesn't work. Whereas at nighttime, the, the wind tends to die down. You have the lights to shine so you don't have to worry about clouds or anything else. And so it, it just really has been a, a game changer. And uh, so we've, we've gone from that, that first night or first year that they had night fishing, uh, they would have separate or just certain lakes that you could do it on they were kind of doing it as a trial experiment and uh without doubt 
you would generally get yelled at every time you went out that uh, that first year because people didn't know what was going on. They'd see these bright lights shining through their window, and uh, a lot of times they'd come out yelling at you, and the first thing they would think is you're stealing something or right. whatever, but it, it would take time to kind of ex- explain to people what you're doing, and usually once they figured out that, hey, you're out shooting carp, then great, yeah, go get helping. them, you know, shoot you're more helping. of them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are just, oh, yeah, go over here. This is where there's a lot of them. So they were helpful once they figured out right. what you were doing. So what was um, your, uh, okay, so that very first night, like what what did you guys have for a boat? Did you go get floodlights or did you actually have something rigged up? Well, I with my boat, I actually started off going the cheap route where I just had these cheap like halogen work lights that people use and I think you could get them on sale for about six bucks or something at that point and so uh and they they work but they didn't hold up real well you know they're not made for uh bouncing across waves and stuff like that so you're replacing a lot of light bulbs in them and uh and so it that's the neat thing about bow fishing is you can get into it relatively cheap you know, you don't have to have the big fancy new bow, uh, anything like that. You can you can buy some old uh, junky bow and get it set up with a, a fishing reel and and go out and have fun. You know, we've we've seen guys with uh, you know it, everything from little twelve foot luns with a wood platform on the front of it to. Uh, you know, you, you can go as extreme as you want, I guess, but you can get into it and everybody can have fun and enjoy yep. it, you know? So you don't have to have all of those things to be successful, but yet it, it's, it's like anything. If you, oh, if yeah, you set it, up yeah. right, it definitely helps. It so. does. Uh, do you guys, Monty, do you do any, any day fishing nowadays or is it all night? Pretty much all night. Yeah. So Got two full-time jobs during the day, and uh, as <laughs> soon as the lights go out at home, Wayne and I uh, grab the boat and head out and play. Make money while the uh, sun shines and then play at night. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what have, you, what have you seen in the revolutionary, you know, bow fishing? It's caught on. Um, I still think it's, it's growing. Um, I, wouldn't, I would say probably, what, five years ago was like the big boom in, in this state. You know, down south, they've been doing it for a while. Wisconsin, Minnesota depending on regulations but you know we talked about earlier i can remember back when there was one boat on the water in the alexandria the chain of lakes area st cloud area even down here by the cities and uh, if you did see somebody like you caught up to them just to share the passion and the talk to them and now now it's an avoid like you gotta you know one a be respectful but it's there's sometimes there's five boats on a lake especially when somebody starts jaw jacking in town and saying where you know yep. spillways full or they're you know they're over in the culvert or wherever it may be but what have you what have you seen along those lines well it's kind of funny because uh well when i first started going out with wayne we we went out and we shot fish we had a great time whatever all of a sudden it became a secret <laughs> mm-hmm. if you found fish you uh people are always taken back at uh Hey, where were you guys out last night? It's gotten to be just like walleye fishing or oh, yeah. whatever. You don't talk about it. Good spot on public land. You don't, you know. Exactly. So everybody's got their hot spots that they they like to go play, and hopefully nobody recognizes that you were there or whatever. So I gotta ask you guys because okay, I've only ever fished one tournament where we were entered against you personally, um, but you guys have a recognizable rig. Is that ever a, uh, 
does that ever hinder you? Do you get followers from time to time? Has it happened like that? Not that I know of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah. You can recognize the boat. So let's, let's talk just a little bit about, um, I want to talk more fishing stories. We will, but we're going to, today we're going to dive into a product that's sitting right in front of Wayne. And if I correct me, if I'm wrong, Monty, you came up with this idea. The company is AeroSaver. The product is called AeroSaver. It's relatively cheap product that's going to it's it has to be a must in my mind in every every rig out there especially i should say a boat but you know even if you're shore fishing or you get into a situation expect probably especially shore fishing when it's colder water but it, take us down the path of what arrow saver is how you came up with that idea why you came up with that idea and then you know why it why it has to be a must and you wayne join in on this because you had a lot to do with it as well and you guys use it yeah so uh 2015, I think it was 20. Yeah, I think it was in 2015. We were shooting a tournament one night and uh, we left probably half a dozen arrows in the lake that night. And uh, we were in a deep water flat and the root system was tough and you'd get these arrows stuck and Wayne and I, neither one of us think a whole lot about jumping over the side of the boat and going swimming for arrows. Some of these young guys will, but uh, um at the time, it was a cost factor. Um, you don't even want to be leaving six arrows. And the other thing is, is it's time. We were shooting a tournament, and you were, we were losing time uh, retying arrows and uh, whatnot. So went home after that tournament, kind of started thinking about where do we go from here. Uh, I spent my whole life dreaming about uh, inventing this or inventing that or whatever, and I, I you know, I work at a company where we build a lot of cool stuff. So, um, started coming up with some ideas. Uh, I made a, uh, uh, a model of what I had, brought it over to show Wayne. And, uh, afterwards he kind of told me that, uh, he wasn't quite as excited about it as I was after, uh, after I showed it to him, he just, uh, uh, didn't see exactly, I guess, uh, comment Wayne or, yeah, I guess that, that first night, I remember that when Monty came over with the prototype, and he was just flying on cloud nine, you know, and, yeah. and he came over, and he's like, oh, man, you got to see this, and he came over, and he shoved an arrow in my yard, and like, oh, you got to try this, you got to try this, and, and I tried it, and it, it was honestly kind of like, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of cool, you know, but yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't over the top excited about it, but I have to tell you that the first night on the water, it, this is a kind of a product you, you can look at it and you kind of think, eh, maybe it's not that big a deal, but when you use it on the water, it's amazing. It just, it saves so much time. You know, I think originally Monty had come up with it to, to kind of save the arrows to, you know, rather than losing 20 or 30 bucks a pop when you, oh, yeah. you drop an arrow, you know, which, which is a, a huge benefit to this, but it, it's as much a convenience thing as anything just for, for time wise. And you're not reaching down into the water to, you know, up to your, up to your shoulder, getting all wet and everything. And you got to, you know, wet shirt the rest of the night and all that it's just so much quicker and easier uh to pop them in and out and it, it's it's just great you just snap the thing on the line and you kind of follow it right down to the arrow and it clips on and you can just pop it out so easy and so it's a it's turned out to be more of a, a time saver than anything uh not only for 
tournaments, but uh, I, I do a lot where I bring a lot of new guys out, and a lot of times they don't realize, you know, you're shooting full draw into a clump of cattails or something, and when you miss the fish, your arrow is really buried deep. Well, it's really a, a handy thing to have uh, just to snap on the arrow and pop it out quick and easy. And, and so, so what we're great. talking about for our listeners, if you've never bow fished or if you're just getting into it, or if you have bow fished, we... When we shoot an arrow, depending on where you're at in the lake, all bottom structure can be a little bit different. Uh, if you get into cattails, which a lot of carp, you know, come into the shallows after that 10, 30, 11 o'clock time, or <clears throat> like you were talking a deep flat where rather it be milfoil on the bottom or some kind of weed that has a root system that spreads, most of our arrows, all of our arrows have a barb of some sort. Now, the, the carp arrows do not have a blade. We're not slicing and penetrating like a whitetail elk or turkey broadhead. But there's a barb or a grapple system. So when the arrow goes through a fish, the barbs flange backwards so that you can keep the fish on the arrow most of the time. Well, if you take that same situation and you shoot it into a cattail root, like Wayne had said, and also Monty, you know, in your deep flats, Sometimes, especially if you got to shoot, you know, you're at full draw, your poundage is anywhere from 25 to 50, depending on your setup, it can get stuck. And there, it, there's been situations, you know, I'm a big dude and th- th- I cannot physically pull the arrow out. And, and we don't run reels like uh, big ocean fishermen, you know, with the bales and all that system. You, us three sitting here, shoot a, a bottle reel. So you're not actually reeling it. We're doing it more like a tip up hand over hand. <clears throat> that's what we're talking about this product when you do stick an arrow in the muck or in the, the weed setup you can take us through exactly how to use it what it is we're pulling the arrow out with a device it's uh i don't even know you know the dimensions obviously you built it but give us a little run on exactly what the what it is and how we use it okay so when uh when it was first invented the thinking was i broke my uh, string and my arrow is left behind and uh, with it, it's got a set of jaws on it. You slide it over the top of the arrow, and it, it works uh, on arrows with a safety slide system. And uh, so as you slide it over the top of the arrow, it catches on the stop that's on your safety slide, and that's how you pull it out. And uh, like I said in the beginning, the idea was I have broke a string, and now I'm going to try to get my arrow back. And it took very little time of being in the boat to realize don't mess around with uh, trying to pull it out by hand. Right. You know when you've stuck it in the bottom of the lake. So yeah. you grab the arrow saver, you, um, through the jaws, you put the string in there, slide it down the string over the top of the arrow, hook on, hooks onto the arrow, you give it a pull, the arrow comes out so nice. And uh, uh, you've, got, you've got leverage where the shaft on the arrow is probably five sixteenths and you wrap your big mitt around yep. it and you try to pull on that and that yep. doesn't work and you cut up your hand. <clears throat> this thing here, you've got an inch and a quarter shaft, you're giving it a pull and you pull it out. As soon as that arrow is out, it just snaps out of the jaws. You just lever action it out of the jaws and uh, you go back to bow fishing. In your jaws, your jaws are a one-way street. So you're going onto the arrow and it's, it's smooth. It goes down the line past your safety slide and then you capture on the arrow and there's a leverage point that we talked about. So not only is it ingenuity for saving time so you can get back, you know, especially if you get into a big pot of fish and, you know, you're hunting out the males and the females are over here and you don't want to, like, turn the boat around to go get the arrow and spook everything off. 
but also for a safety factor, the length of this, you know, cause there, there are, there's one other product on the market, but it's about a foot long. Well, you're really not gaining anything cause you still have to bend your butt over the boat and down into the water here. You can actually, you know, for the most part stand depending on the depth, but it's, it's a safety, you know, so you're not going butt over tea kettle into the water. Now we've, we've seen some young kids. We actually seen it last year on that tournament they jump out of the boat because they're in three feet of water. They still couldn't get the arrow out standing there. Like you say, wet hands, small arrow shaft trying to pull it. It's not going to happen. But here it is simply amazing. We picked one up up last year and uh, just it, it, it's exactly what you do. I didn't even think about the time deal for tournament, but, you know, it's huge on that. Yeah, and not even just for tournaments. I mean, just if you're out just for leisure, it just makes it more fun and enjoyable. If you're going to try to grab an arrow by hand and you're in the boat, you got to maneuver the boat around just right so that you can get right next to the boat and, mm-hmm. and reach down in where this thing, you, you have a lot more reach where you just kind of pull on the string and get it clipped on so you don't have to be right next to the arrow. So e- even if you're just out for fun and just bringing bringing some buddies out it's it's just makes it a lot more enjoyable it's it takes a lot less time to to turn around and go back to to get your arrow and also when we talk about conservation and being ethical <clears throat> you know you don't you're not leaving anything behind exactly um, yep. rather your string break and you just move on and it gets wrapped in someone's prop or if they're ice fishing and they hook down you know it's it, it we're keeping things cool that that's a big thing as we kind of transition into this we're going to utilize the arrow saver in different situations but you know for a while bow fishing had a, a little bit of a bad name uh there's always some bad eggs in every sport uh guys that were dumping fish on the shore or shooting fish and leaving them you know but in a roundabout way the big circle is the rough fish that we're targeting especially in the state of minnesota regulations are in place for in place for that certain situation but we're actually doing the lake a favor uh common carp are a huge invasive species um they breed well they survive well but they also kill a ton of freshwater fish your your walleye eggs your bass beds your sunnies that's what they eat you know for the the bottom feeder setups but also when you talk about drum um you know suckers and buffalo are in a different category on that um it's a it's a benefit to every lake association it's a benefit to the mndnr to see that and i think we finally got over the bad name for the most part in my eyes you know seeing around there's always some rednecks out there that do crap but uh yeah for a long time it was a uh, getting hollered on the dock or especially you know we the it, so back in the day there was actually a season Oh yeah, you, yeah. You it used it to be. Yep. Yeah, you had to wait till May uh, May first before, and so now you can go pretty much as soon as the ice is off. You can go from a boat. Right. Now they still have the the rule in place for streams, yep. and you know things like that. So you can't go from shore uh, until that May first time. But uh, but that's where it's nice with the boats and the lakes. The minute the ice is off, you can go out and Absolutely. start sticking. Them. And we've all been in the boat Memorial Day weekend, July Fourth weekend there are rules that we have to abide by yep um certain situations you know when we talk about that 50 or is it 50 yards 150 feet yep, rule that's so exactly occupied it. structure so when you're standing on your dock with your buddy with four bush lights in your hand and you've already had 40 on the shoreline and you're saying come on over here like we can't yep we can put everything away and come yep. visit you but we're not going to do that for the simple <laughs> fact of it 
what I what I love about the outdoor, especially the fishing community, you get to the okay. So we're night fishermen, we get to the lake usually in that eight o'clock, nine o'clock hour, you know, it's not dark yet, but we're getting everything. Who's coming off the lake? Every bass league, every walleye league fisherman. And they have no problem giving up some of the spots. Nope. Not a problem in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I love it. What do you guys, so you, you like Wayne, you said you, you take some guys out for recreation, some clients, you know, guiding or not guiding friends, this and that. Wayne, you guys both have a boat. Yeah. They're two separate yep. boats. Yep. So you're, do. you're not only fishing together tournament style, but you, you family, friends. Yep. What's the big transition for you guys from recreational to tournaments? And then we're going to kind of go down the tournament style. Like this, you can actually make some good money and we do it for fun. But like, what, where's your transition? When did you start fishing tournaments? And what do you, what have you seen since? Ah, uh, boy. Uh, when we started fishing tournaments, I guess, was, uh, I know we, uh, I guess when we first started off, we did the tournaments more for fun. Uh, the first couple that I did, I know I just did with some people that uh, maybe didn't shoot quite as well or whatever, but we were just out to have a good time and not really expecting to win or anything like that. But the, the more you do it, you, you take it a little more seriously. And so to me, there is a big difference. It, when you're just out for recreation and with fun, it's like I, uh, the last couple of years I've been bringing out a bunch of my uh, nieces every year. They get together as a family and, and they're from the big city and stuff like that. And it's kind of fun to bring them out. And it's like, you've never heard so much screaming in a, in a cart boat in all your <laughs> life. Uh, when one of them, ha- you know, actually well, you, gets can, a you fish. get some grown men and to scream when so a 40 pounder gets, <laughs> you know, what yeah. I mean? but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's just a lot of fun, you know, to, to, get somebody new introduced to it and so uh, nights like that it's like i'm going out i'm not even shooting until if they miss or something and the fish is taken off then maybe i'll shoot but it you're always letting them shoot first and in a tournament it's just a whole different ball game you know then it's more serious you're concerned about time and everything else there's no waste in time when you're gonna pull up and go to another spot or whatever it's i mean we kind of each have our job as far as getting the trolling motor up getting the motor started getting the stuff in in you know stowed away and and away you go and so it's just it's a it's a fun part that way where it's just a lot more serious and yet it's, it's just more intense. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a different ball game. It's kind of fun. So like you said, when we first started doing this, it was just kind of fun. We brought others along, whatever. And then, uh, then it was just him and I that were going to go out and we weren't real serious in the on shore. It was like, Oh yeah, we're shooting a tournament. We're having fun. As soon as the motor started up, it was game on. Mm-hmm. It was entirely different. And now as time goes by, now it, uh, when you go shoot a tournament, it, like Wayne said, it's real. It's, it's go time. You, you head to your lake. You don't screw around. And you head out across the water right to that first spot. And, and uh, you know, I think one thing that uh, has happened a lot, Wayne's good about uh, uh, keeping us upbeat as the night goes on. Um, it's kind of fun. We are probably two of the older guys in all the tournaments. And a lot of young guys out there, and uh, but we're we're a couple of the older guys, but we never quit. Yeah, it can be pouring rain, and we're dumb enough. We're still standing on the platform, and 
you watch and you see the lightning coming and you're like, oh, we got to get off the lake for a little bit. Yeah. As soon as it's gone, you're back on the water. And uh, uh, if you break down, it doesn't mean the tournament's over. It means you got to go home and figure out what you got to do and get back on the water. And a big reason that I wanted to get you guys on um, this podcast, <clears throat> not only for AeroSaver, because we're going to push that very, very heavily this year and, and help out a lot of bow fishermen, just help out a lot of boats, uh, save a lot of time in that. But one thing that I know, or what I wanted to have you guys is you're not just tournament fishermen. You're also champions. Like you, you're very successful. You guys have a system. And I can say this firsthand because we watched it last year. Now we weren't ever close to you or if we were, we didn't know it, but we, we, I, I live down here by the cities. I gra graduated from Parker's Prairie. So my family's up from Miltona. We fished a lot of the same bodies of water. And there's a little tournament up there that it, it actually started, I believe, as a bounty shoot back in the day where we actually got paid per fish. But now it's a full-fledged tournament. Um, it was eye-opening to me because it was the first real tournament that I fished, you know, with my family and that. You guys had two guys. You're cool, calm, collected. Everybody else had three or four guys in their boat. And it was every long haired mullet wearing kid <laughs> to you know the guys that uh, obviously have a financial safety net and there's some big big boats and then there's some guys that came from a long ways away that you know fishing worlds and they're talking to that and i noticed right away <clears throat> i recognized you guys and it was cool it was calm collected you're visiting having a good time and it just so happened like we didn't know each other monty and i i didn't and i haven't met wayne until today we talked at the tournament but yeah um, it just so happened that we accidentally fished the same lake, right? You're from the area, you know what's going on for the most part. I'm here to tell you on this podcast that we got our butts, everybody in that tournament got our butts whipped by two guys. You may say older, but I say more knowledgeable, <laughs> more seasoned. So we get to weigh in, which is we fished all night long. From sundown and then sun up, we met and we did the weigh in. And then, of course, there's a board there, you know, dry erase board, who has the biggest fish? And then who has the most fish and then blah, 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 blah. There, I think there's four or five categories and you guys walked away with four of the five. It was, it was eye opening to sit there and I don't, it was a team arrow saver, whatever your team was yep. on that, but it was team arrow saver, team <laughs> arrow saver, team. Arrow. And then we got to the big five and they placed down to third, you know, and then we got in there for, <laughs> for one of it. I'm like, gosh, dang it. These guys are, this is what you need to do. But where I'm going with this is that you're, if there was a brand called expert, you're at that expert level. Um, do you guys take tournament? Do you go out of state? I know you do a lot of things other than bow fishing, but, you know, kind of take us on your tournament trail, like where you've been, some of your cool stories on it, like some of your more memorable moments. A few years back, we went out to and shot uh, AMS's Big 30, and... Uh, we got our butts handed to us out there by a couple of guys that uh, that's what they do. And uh, But it was fun getting out of town, going over. It's tough when you go out of state. Mm -hmm. um, you, you go over and you shoot against all the locals who know all the area lakes, that know all the little secrets, and, uh, and they have pre-shot a lot of this stuff. Um, that was memorable to me. Uh, we didn't do so well. There was, uh, there was three of us that went over there and shot that. And, uh, it was a good time. It was mm -hmm. fun to see 
how something like that worked in a big 30. Yep. You know, rather than a big five or a big six to shoot a big 30. Right. So, uh, and then, you know, then there's always the people that they have a numbers portion or something. We've never played the numbers game. It's just not us. We, we like shooting big fish and, but, uh, then we also went down and we shot the world's tournament and, uh, it was kind of interesting. I had no idea what the world's was all about. You show up and you're expecting the team from Japan and China and whatever. Yeah. And, and no, there was somebody from Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but, uh, it was fun going down and shooting the river and whatever. And so it was fun to see uh, different fish and whatever. The aspect of tournaments is the tournament date is set, right? So, we're all sitting here. Let's say, you know, we decided we're going to go out on Thursday night together. If it's pouring rain and nasty and, you know, three foot waves, we're probably not going to go out. But on a tournament, it's that day. As long as the safety is in an effect, like there's going to be some times when it's raining. It's going to be wind. A chop on a lake is not that great. Even if you have a bunch of lights and a really nice boat, elevated or not elevated, doesn't matter. The degree of difficulty is very present at that time. But you also have competition on that situation some of the etiquette in bow fishing if there's etiquette goes away in a, i mean we've seen it before and also like the numbers deal i'm glad you brought that up i think that's the biggest skewed portion of any tournament because you have every tom dick and harry that'll meet at jim and judy's you know on the back there and fill their barrel with their buddy's barrel or because they know they don't have a shot and then all of a sudden they have two barrels full and you go really I kind of see what your equipment is like, you know, it, I think the numbers deals a little skewed on that, but that's just a personal opinion. If you go out and you are a numbers guy, awesome. You're doing favor for the lake. Yep. Uh, I'd rather see a guy pull a 35 pounder out of the barrel rather than 35 bullheads, you know, in my, <laughs> in my mind. But where, um, as far as your equipment, you know, obviously I, you, when Wayne, when you started back then, I, I can about guess what you had for equipment, but now, that's just as important as anything because it has to have a system. You like, you got to know your stuff. What are you guys using for as far as products and what have you seen over the years that works better? Yeah, I guess going back to that, when I first started, when I, the very first time when I got hooked, I, I didn't have the money to go out and, and buy a separate cart boat. So I had my deep V walleye fishing boat and I made a, a plywood platform on the front of it and, and, it was frustrating because so often in carp they're up really shallow and you could see carp up in there and this is daytime stuff but you couldn't get to them mm -hmm. and so it was really a, a frustrating deal so it didn't take long and i i ended up getting a, a different uh what what seems to work best is like a, a flat bottom duck boat kind of a yep. deal but generally bigger is is actually better a lot of times in that case um mm -hmm. i originally i was thinking about going with just a, a smaller like a, a 1648 or something and uh the thing is you can get the bigger i have an 1872 which 18 feet wide yep. or 18 yep. feet long, long excuse me and 72 <clears throat> inches wide and back but that'll actually float in as shallow water as some of the smaller Mm -hmm. uh, boats do, but it's, uh, it, that works out really well when you have a, a bigger boat, you know, people don't realize when you start getting into carp and you get a couple of 55 gallon drums full of, of fish in there, 
that's a lot of extra weight. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh, 900 to 1,000 pounds extra in your boat. So if if you are shooting in a really small boat, it can actually get to be where you have to watch it. Because oh, yeah. if, if especially if you get in big waves or anything mm -hmm. like that, pretty quick you're taking on water and you're in trouble. So uh, anyway, so that's what I have is I, I've got uh, a boat and I've got the, the raised platform up front with the lights sit underneath. Uh, a big reason I had that was just during the daytime, it was an advantage to be raised up. And uh, so that's just the way I had set my boat up uh, originally. And you guys are running, <clears throat> obviously, at night. You got lights, uh, a bunch of lights on there. There's been a big swing from having just a generator in the back to running a power cord up just to run your lights, you know, and then you still had your boat batteries for your trolling motor. Trolling motor is a big deal. Um, some guys run a kicker on that. I don't even know the correct terminology, but they're driving it from the front, but the kicker on the back. Have you, uh, you, you said elevated, so you, you raised your platform or both of you, do you have like, is your boat low or do you both have raised platforms? We, we both have raised platforms on our boat. And I, I assume for day fishing, I don't do a lot of day fishing, but sometimes, especially during the spawn, that can be a phenomenal time to be out on the water. Oh, it can be. Yeah. If you hit it right when they're spawning, it, it's awesome. I mean, the, the water's just boiling and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's times you end up with, uh, a couple, couple fish on one arrow. Right. Know? So, uh, so yeah, if you hit it right when they're spawning, it, it's great. And the raised platform allows you just to see your ang. It just gives you the angle down into the water better. So, so it's, if the lower you are to the water, the more, I don't know the, the technical term for mm -hmm. it, but you just, you get more glare. You just can't see down into the water as better. So right. when you're, when you're raised up, it just gives you a much better. And does that help at night when you guys are running your lights? Is it a big deal? I honestly, if anything, I would say an elevated platform at night probably hurts you. Okay. Uh, I think at, at night, I think you're actually probably better off closer to the water. Um, but I've, I've just never changed my platform, even right. though it's mainly what I do is, is at nighttime, but I've just, it's, it's there, it's set up and it, it works. And so we, uh, and the, just the biggest thing, uh, now I've seen your boat personally, I think I've seen your boat. Um, there's a lot of cool gadgets and gadgets, but on the same sense, it's, it's pretty simple. Like you want an open area, especially, okay, with two guys, you still got to be able to move because when you shoot a fish, you got to get the fish in and working together, you know, usually you have a guy that'll help you or if you need to do a follow-up shot, if it's a big mamba, yep. you know, you're going to do that. And an open area, is there a center console or is it a tiller? I can't remember. So I've got a center console okay. in mine and uh, it's a little unique. Um, my center console is actually quite large. I've got a 6,500 watt Honda generator in there. And, uh, I, I went, I needed to go to the big one. Um, you mentioned earlier about, uh, um, running the trollers with the batteries and whatnot. Um, coming from electrical background thought uh, I was talking to guys that were frying their trolling motors all the time. And, uh, some of the feelings were that, uh, as their batteries were getting weak, they were uh, cooking their motors, their trollers, because of it. So uh, um, came up with the idea of a 36-volt DC power supply, which uh, did a lot of an investigating and ended up with a 36-volt DC power supply, but it takes 240 volts to run it. So that's why I had to go to such a big generator. Right. But uh, 
it's awesome. As long as you've got gas, you've got a trolling motor. And uh, um, I know when I talked to the Minn Kota rep, he's like, yeah, he said, you've got a constant. Everything should be good. Should make quite a difference on your troller. So, And you, like what kind of trolling motor? Are you running a 101 or is it is that is that the biggest? I don't even know. It's actually, what, a 112? 112, I think, yeah. is the biggest. Because we do get into some gunk. Yeah. Um, you know, weeds laid over or get in, you got to get where the car are for yep. some reason on that. The biggest thing, uh, Wayne, to bring back like your nieces coming out, anytime that we bring out a new shooter, rather be a young lady or a young guy or an older guy, that the same story you talked about, I've shot forever. I can, you know, I can hit a pot bottle of 50 yards with my archery equipment. Well, that's great. But if you don't know how to aim, if you don't know what water deflection is, it is different when you're shooting into water. Um, light bends. Yep. Um, so, you know, you, the slogan, if you think you're aiming low, aim lower. Yep. But on the, on the, you, you get, you, it only takes a, I don't know, 15, 20 shots to kind of figure things out. But and then again, it changes with water depth and, and obviously day fishing is probably a little bit different than night fishing. I would assume. Uh, a little bit, not, yeah. not, not a lot though. As far as, as far as where you aim at on a fish, yep. it's, uh, it, like you say, you, you got to aim low and it is a kind of the rule of thumb I've always heard is the, the farther out the fish is or the deeper the water is the farther you have to aim beneath. And, uh, I know I, I do a little bit of guiding and stuff once in a while, as well as just bringing people out for fun. And something I've, I've really learned over the years is if you just take the time, I, I used to just bring, bring people out and, and just tell them, yep, you got to aim lower, you got to aim lower and, yep. and you watch where they're hitting. And I've, I've found it actually helps a ton. What I've gotten to, to do now is I bring like a one liter pop bottle along, put some sand in it and then I sink it. Yep. And it, you know, in three feet of water or something like that. And then we'll sit there and I'll have them shoot. And then you can actually see right where their arrow hits. And it's yep. good to have kind of a smaller target like that so that they can shoot and they're going, wow, you know, their first shot, usually they'll hit about a foot and a half or two right. feet over it, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they'll go, wow, you got to aim that much lower. So they'll aim lower yet. And so that really helps them to get an idea of just how far beneath you have to aim. And so, you know, like you said, it, it might take 20, 30 shots while sometimes missing 20 or 30 fish can yeah. be frustrated. You know, so it's you over. Can, you know. Yeah. And so you can, you can shoot a lot of times right away and get an idea on, oh yeah. Then they finally are getting really close where like, yep, that'll, that'll work. So, uh, that's a great, great idea. I didn't think about that. Um, I don't, so when we say aiming and you guys add to this, like I, I'm not running a laser on my bow fishing bow. I don't even have sights. I don't have a peep. It's an, it's an instinctive kind of way. Is that the same equipment you guys are running? You do you just, you kind of, kind of aiming in the area, you know, where to hold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I shoot instinctive uh, that way, I guess. The, the one thing I will say with lasers and you, you guys sell lasers here too, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, uh, they can be good for somebody if, if you don't shoot real often or haven't shot them uh, that much, mm -hmm. when you get them dialed in, they actually do work pretty well, you know, on a fish that's sitting still. Right. The problem is, is a lot of times that fish isn't sitting still, you know, that they're moving. <laughs> and so it, so it does still instinctive is still just kind of the the way to go but uh like i said i have shot with a couple guys that have that laser and if there's a fish just laying there mm -hmm. and if it's dialed in right they actually do work pretty well some of the equipment you guys are what kind of bows um are you using 
for the most, I, I assume you have more than one or kind of a backup, especially in a situation where you're bringing out people, but th- there's kind of two styles. There's the compound um, that has a draw length or even an older hunting compound bow that you can shoot and kind of something that hasn't really been new to the outdoor industry is kind of a lever action. We use the word Oneida. That's a company that makes some really good products. It, it looks like a recurve with a compound. It's kind of a hybrid setup. Is that what you guys are using? We're both shooting that style of bow. Um, they're kind of nice from the standpoint of uh, with us shooting, if you get into shallow water or root system that looks kind of ugly or whatever, you don't go to full draw. That's the nice thing about it. Where a regular compound, you'd have to go to a full draw and you bury it in the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and you need arrow saver to get exactly. it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or if there's big rocks. That's another time uh, when it's nice yeah. to do more of a plank shot where you, you yeah. don't... Uh, shatter an arrow trying to uh shoot at a fish full draw considered snap shooting um there's some situations where you'll you'll barrel off into a bay or you're coming around a corner and and something darts off it's a pretty big fish you have to be able to swing shoot now it's not a it's not a wait and go back and they stop because they don't stop usually um the aspect of that what do you guys know what poundage you're shooting i'm guessing i'm about 35 Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I think I'm probably more in the 40 range is what I have mine at. But. And, and the big thing is, like, you don't need 70 pounds with an 85% let off. You can if you want, but you don't need that. Um, I don't see a benefit in that. If nothing, it's a hindrance a little bit. That's where Arrow Saver is going to come into that. I was going to say, if you're shooting 70 pounds, <laughs> then you, you definitely need an Arrow Saver because it's going to be buried deep into those cattails. You... Uh, Arrows is, is a big thing, just like archery hunting, you know, you have heavyweight. What we're usually shooting, there's, there's a couple different styles. There's carbon, uh, which is going to be lighter weight. And then there's fiberglass, which most of us use. There's also some aluminum uh, out there, which bends. What have you guys, what are you using on your tournaments? Also on the tips, there's different. We got grapples, we got carp, uh, prong style. Take us down that road of the arrow selection. So, uh... Both of us shoot grapples. Um, sometimes uh, shoot grapples in tournaments for sure. Um, most of the time we shoot grapples all the time now. Uh, it used to be that we wouldn't shoot grapples uh, for the sheer fact that we'd get our arrows stuck in the bottom of the lake and just couldn't get them out, and you struggled so much that we used the uh, wire style uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, head on it and whatnot. And... Uh, but now we've switched over to pretty much always using grapples. I always say that, yep, they, you get them stuck in the bottom of the lake, it's hard to pull them out. It's also hard to pull them out of a fish. A fish that's, yeah. You don't want to be losing fish when you're, uh, when you're out hunting. So uh, that's why we're using grapples. Is it a, a three grapple or a two grapple? I know Interlock is a big name. Uh, Muzzy makes some good products as well. AMS makes a lot of great products. Is, have you found like a smaller three grapple or a bigger, what is, what's your choice? I guess we use the, the bigger three grapple is what I, I shoot an interlock grapple and three, three blade. And, uh, so yeah, that's what, what we've just found works really well as far as holding there again for bigger fish, especially. Cause I mean, you start talking a, a 30 plus pound carp, um, there's a lot of pull there. They you run, know, they, can, they yep, can run, they can, they can fight. You, um, on the aspect of that, so for listeners that, that don't have an idea, when you shoot a fish, right, you're successful, you get it in, now you got to get the arrow out of it. On most, I'd say 99% of these 
tips that are on these arrows, we loosen the ver- the the sharper end of it. It's just a point. Some of them are uh, have a little twist to them or what have you. But you loosen that, and what it does is it it's a switch mechanism in there. You can fold the blades back forward, so you can easily pull that the arrow out of the fish. The unfortunate situation is when you're buried in the weeds. You can't reach down and loosen the tip, and that's where the arrow saver comes in. And I know we're pumping that really, really hard, but it's a product that you need to, you just need to have it in in the boat, uh, you know, for any situations. I don't use a carbon arrow. Um, we sell some that have a lighted knock. Uh, at night fishing, you can usually see. I mean, it is cool, like it, the the cool factor of it. Yeah, there, there's my knock is my fish is going away, but... Um, we, I think we all shoot what we call a bottle reel. Uh, kind of a new phenomenon is uh, like a bale or a, I call it a Zebco look. Yep. Um, and then there's Mega Mouth has come out with like a very, very high-end reel situation where you're actually mounting off of like the stabilizer port on your bow. And then if I'm right, and this is me not knowing, but you have to release the bale button and then shoot, and then you can actually set the drag. Am I right? I believe you're right. I just bought one, and okay. uh, I'm going to give it a try. I, uh, I've i used the bottle forever, and it's worked well. So it's how do you change something that's working well? Right. But No, uh, I, I completely agree with you. It uh, I've heard just so much about that Mega Mouth that I had to try one. So we've I've got one, and we're going to put it on a bow for this spring. So the uh, Is there any other equipment that we're kind of missing um, that is a must? Uh, one thing I would say is a GPS and and whether that's on your phone or whatever, but when you get out on the, especially on bigger lakes at night, it's amazing how turned around you can get. And, and so it's a a good idea, especially, especially when it comes to tournaments Mm -hmm. to be able to have kind of your spots marked and be able to see where they're at. And I, I remember one tournament in particular that we, we shot and it was just, it was like a light light rain but it was just fog and there was so much fog on lake i mean you just could not see and it was a big lake and we had to go a long ways to get to our spot and without gps i don't know how you'd have got there you know and and it it's you still got to watch it you you know it it still is a safety thing but but still just to be able to know where you're at and where you need to get to it's a it's a huge plus you know even for marking your spots and things like that to be able to find it at tournament time it's it's nice to be able to head across the lake and know that you're going right towards the spot where you need to you know i never i never even thought about that like you know a hunting situation especially out west where we're we're going to some uncharted land that we've never been to and you can kind of you go your topo maps and figure out where you're going it's on your phone or on your garmin or whatever you may have but in a lake situation especially a tournament that you're going to you don't you're not from that area um for an example and i you guys will exactly know where i'm talking but you actually access on one lake you're going to go under the road go across the bigger portion of the lake you're going to go under the road again and then that third stage of lake there's actually a sandbar that comes to a point and there's about 10 feet that you can get through even with a flat bottom you know 18 foot boat if you didn't know that sandbar's there and you're going 30 miles an hour you're you know, you can look at the buoys, but this last year when our water was so incredibly low, there's some spots you just you physically can't get to, but we can pull up your phone. And like you say, I launched here. This is where I need to get back to 
when it comes to yeah. weigh-in because you can't miss weigh-in. If you do, you're out on that. Guys, I think, you know, we, we've covered almost everything on that. Is there any tips or tricks? Um, we usually have like a little pro shop tip of the week uh, that we run from day fishing, night fishing, just having fun, tournament fishing, whatever. One thing that you see that happens, a lot of mistakes are made, or you're talking to kind of new bow fishermen out there that, that we can kind of help cover or take away. Well, I kind of kind of gave my one tip already, I think, with uh, practice. Uh, yeah. You know, go out and, and sink a pop bottle. You you want to make sure that you eventually hit it and get it right. out of there. You right. don't want to be leaving it behind. But but that would be the biggest tip for me, especially for somebody starting out, is, is do that. Go out and sink a pop bottle and then, you know, stand there and shoot at it. And then once you shoot, you know, when you initially shoot, the water is kind of, you get that wave on the top and you can't see what happened, but eventually then you can see right where your arrow is and where you hit. And so then you can, can kind of make your adjustments and that, that'll help you a lot. I've got a way bigger tip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Throw under the bus, I, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. We got to the lake, pretty excited. It's go time. Back the boat in. Remember to put your plug in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got two plugs in the back of my boat that are both about two inch in diameter. He backs the boat in, I'm in there, and uh, I step off to the side, and all of a sudden, oh, there's water. Uh-oh. <laughs> Mayhem. <laughs> build, build pump. Find the exactly. build pump. I love it. I would say, uh, obviously, I'm not as advanced as you guys, but one thing that I see happen every year, and it's going to happen, but you can really get on Google. And you're not going to know what a carp looks like from the top if you've never seen one, but you got to know what species you're chasing. There's rough fish, which we're allowed to shoot. You're not allowed to shoot freshwater fish. If you're unsure of what it is, don't shoot. Doesn't matter if it's a big carp and it happened to be like a buffalo that's black backed and you think it could easily be a bass that you don't, you know, just know your target and i think that's just ethics and the way you're growing up and kind of knowing it but fish do look a little bit different um know your species know your target animal on that setup guys this has been a blast uh if they have any questions on the product they can get a hold of us on archerycountry.com and ask the experts but also you guys are an open book um they can get a hold of you uh is there a website Aerosaver.com. Aerosaver.com. You can get on there. Uh, They can order from you guys. All of our shops, Brainerd Weight Park and right here in Rogers, uh, we have stock and we will get, we can easily get stock because it's a Minnesota company and it's just a couple hours to get what we need from that. It's a product that I want you guys to check out. It's something that you need in your boat or if if you don't have a boat and you're just shoreline fishing, it's something that you can have and carry with you, set on the shore and when you need it, you have it. Uh, it's going to save you. Any of our arrows are going to run anywhere from nineteen ninety nine on the low end all the way up to 40 depending if you're going to put different tips in that. And then time is a big thing. You want to enjoy your setup out there. Guys, it has been a blast. I appreciate you, Wayne. I appreciate you, Monty, coming down. And, of course, uh, check it out. For those of you listening, if you haven't already subscribed, do it. Also, we're going to have a little YouTube video on the arrow saver so you can see it firsthand. Stop in the shop and we will take care of you. On behalf of everybody at Archery Country Podcast, we'll see you on down the road. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast. 